Welcome to Feel Feelings with Danny and George, the show that talks about feelings and the things that make you feel them. We're podcasting. It's podcast. Yay. Hey, George. Hi, Dan. It's one of the rare ones where I have seen you in person recently. <laughs> and we actually talked, which is strange. Yeah, we made a we made a point of we uh, made a point to chat and talk to each other at a yeah. bar. While... We had to put on a good face for the public. <laughs> They're yeah. like, "Oh, they they do get along." <laughs> <laughs> That's why I love that show, The Dollop. I don't know if you ever listened to The Dollop at all, but there's like this whole running joke that they hate each other, uh, <laughs> which I think would be fun for our show. But <laughs> well. I think the joke would fall away pretty quickly. I hate you. Yeah, I know. You do. And I, (laughs) I'm fine. (laughs) So you're not the only person who I saw at this thing. At the same night, you two both advanced. Congratulations. Ben Staub, welcome to our show. Welcome. Hello, everybody. How you doing? Good, Good, man. How are you? How are you? Uh, I'm doing pretty great. I'm in my, uh, I'm in my boxing studio right now. Oh, is that what this is? It definitely has the look of it. <laughs> look at that. Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy in here. <laughs> I, I don't think we've ever had a show where someone has a, like a boxing studio that they've recorded in. This is this is big. This is big for us. We have an athlete on the show. This is crazy. It's <laughs> <laughs> <is> big stuff. <laughs> yeah, I'm taking down. A, I'm fighting each and every individual guy in the comedy scene. Fantastic. Slowly over time. So you you have recently uh, fought past guest Drew Montana. How'd that go? <laughs> uh, you know, the record says it was a draw, but the people know it happened. <laughs> <laughs> I, I heard one report from the fight and they refused to tell me anything. I was like, was it really a draw or were they just being polite? And I was like, all right, I feel like somebody clearly won because they were like, it was a draw. <laughs> No, I mean, I already watched the video and I think it was a draw. <laughs> <laughs> I so like I got to that little meeting area for Philly's Funniest and I, I hadn't been to Philly in a minute. So like sometimes I'll, I'll go and catch up with people. So I was talking to uh, enemy of the show, Dan Clark. Um, and, uh, and Manny Brown. And they were talking about how like, yeah, Ben is this kid that fought Drew Montana, but it was, it was for a reason. It wasn't just like they were pissed (laughs) at each other. Um, and also that there are two Akashas now. There's two Akashas. I was just talking about this yesterday. I had no clue that there was two Akashas. I feel bad for the good Akash because he's only ever been called the good Akash. (laughs) I switched cameras to my phone. I feel like the computer is messing up. Can you add me in this one? I switch off. Yeah, yeah. Sorry to be uh, to be complex. No, no. Yeah, this well, is yeah, whatever I, works. I appreciate yeah. the complexity because sometimes people are like, no headphones on their iPhone, just like yelling into the void, be like, "Can you hear me? <laughs> yeah. Is everything fine? You're going the extra mile, and I appreciate it." Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I I, I noticed a, I predicted some flaws going on if I use my laptop the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This this seems to be coming in better. Yeah. Perfect. But yeah, there's two Akashas now. We were talking about, I don't think it's good for good Akash to be called good Akash. No, I've, I've had that conversation with him before. And he's like, yeah, it's a, he's, he's talk, kind of talking like it was a way in and he like wrote it. But now he's like, but I'm uh, also <laughs> I, a person who's my I would like person. to be Akash. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think Dan Clark was making the argument that it's, it, I mean, it must be good to be good Akash because it's in the name. Like. He's worth booking. No, no, that's what you think. That's the surface uh, analysis of it, because uh, because then if you say good Akash, everyone the first question is who's bad Akash, and then all the focus is on a different Akash. That yeah, is true. It takes a big shift at Recording that point. Yeah. Progress. I'm not a big. Uh... Oh. Am I still here? Yeah, you're good. Yeah, you're good. <laughs> Yeah. All right, my bad, guys. This is I'm going to keep all of this. <laughs> this is all. Awesome. Ben, we've been doing this thing now where uh, Dan, who I say we, but Dan is the editor in chief of the podcast. And uh, 
it recently was a mess up, but now we're just trying to keep every little thing in because what was it? Three weeks ago, you just oh, left, right. you left in our break. So it just got real quiet and we broke <laughs> yeah. character. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Just us going. Yeah. Uh huh. I guess we'll uh, talk in a little bit. Okay, yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> this is fine. Like someone texted me and was like, I can hear you text like both texting. Like yeah, that's we, there was just utter silence and just tappies on on. We the had screen. to save it up for the show. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but anyway, so welcome welcome to the show. Uh, glad that we're feeling and we're feeling feelings. <laughs> I've never said that before. Um, right. I I don't know you, Ben. Where <laughs> do you come from? Because you're incredibly funny. You? <laughs> you're, you're incredibly funny. You have uh, a ton of people at your back, which is amazing to see, because when I came up in the scene, it was like, fuck you, die if you were new. So you <laughs> clearly are a very someone. Uh, tell me a little bit about yourself, where, where you come from. What, when did you, um, you start? Yeah, I am from Virginia Beach, uh, Virginia, and I started comedy, I, I mean, about three years ago. I started, I think, in 20. 18 but then i was terrible and i quit like pr- after like six months <laughs> yeah and yeah then i came back to it yeah but, my, um, my first year was uh I, I count it because technically it counts but i barely did it i was like i'm not good at this i don't know why i'm doing this for like my whole first year <laughs> yeah yeah was, but i was i went i traveled to like canada in my first six months tried to stand up up there did terrible in a different country Canada comedy is a little different, though, from what I understand. Like, it's just a slightly different approach to it. uh, But maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. You're you're the one that experienced it. No, no. I think uh, comedy and all different types of scenes are slightly different, and it's really hard to describe. But Philly is way different from Virginia Beach. Mm. You know what I mean? And Philly is different also from, like, New York City. I went and visited them the other day. But, um... Yeah, and then I moved to Philly uh, in December, this this last year. Okay. December yeah. So right perfect on. timing. The scene was opening up. It was yeah. good. Yeah. I think you jumped back into the scene in Philly before I did because I was still like, no, 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 no. Because uh, I was I was in it for a while, and then during the pandemic, I got engaged and moved in with my fiance, uh, and and tried to like do a couple things here and there in like the Jersey city scene where I'm closer to, but it's like, I miss Philadelphia to death because of how like ease of access it is to go to a mic, go hang out with friends, like go see other comics and learn and, and you know, hang out. Cause it's, it's so much more accessible. I don't know if that's your experience at, at all with it, but like for me, Philly was like a haven for comedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I moved to, I moved to Philly specifically for a comedy because like in Virginia, we had like two mics a week, mm-hmm. and they're not good. It's for like retired Navy people. And, <laughs> yeah, I, I I lived down there for a little bit when I was really young. I was born in Virginia Beach, and like we go back and visit like old neighbors and stuff. And the only interesting part about it is like the beer fridge at the Wawa. Like that was the only thing I remember from like going back as an adult. Is like, oh my god! And then like leaving on a Sunday where the whole curtain is drawn, and you're like. All right. Well, I guess there's no beer fridge here anymore. There's, there's, a, there's a curtain. I, I don't know what could be back there. <laughs> there is an illegal beer fridge, Wawa, on the border of Delaware. It is, it is in Pennsylvania, but they have a beer cave because it's in just like a weird enough spot. Right when you go like towards like Concordville and then you take the left in Concordville because it's one street. <laughs> um, it's- it's good uh, to know, but I will yeah. never take advantage of that information. No, no, you I must. Can get, I can get beer anywhere. Dan, you must. You must <laughs> try the adult. beer. You must try the beer at the at the illegal beer fridge in Wawa in Concordville, Pennsylvania. It really is quite – it's right next to the Hooters. It's, they're, it's yeah, they're, they're 30 <laughs> Raxy Yangling. Must be better than mine. It is. It's a finer brew. I'm telling you. <laughs> well, uh, well, it's great to have you on the show. Let's have – uh, our intern bring in our giant uh, cursed wheel to see what we're talking about today. Intern! And we got paranoid. Nice. Oh, I was like waiting for an intern. 
No, no. Our intern is just uh, David Feinberg, who actually I don't think you've ever met because he can't, he was he left town before you got here. But he was a great angry comedian um, <laughs> uh, who we've had on the show before. But uh, uh, yeah, no, we've just decided that he like the ghost of David Feinberg is our intern. Um, so anyone listening at home and know David Feinberg, please, please let him know that we miss him and that Chicago is no place for him. <laughs> Now that that's out of the way, yes. Ben, what makes you feel paranoid? <laughs> uh, well, here's the deal: is I, I feel like, well, how funny is this podcast supposed to be? Because I, I get pretty paranoid. <laughs> oh, is it? it we've had it is, people yeah. cry, and we've had people piss themselves laughing. There's no in between. Yeah, the the floor well, is yours. However, well, you want to take it. Yeah. Last night, everybody's over. We were talking about. I have a genuine theory that there's. There's people in the Philly comedy scene that are CIA operatives. <laughs> name, name names. Yeah, name names. <laughs> Go for it. Yeah. yeah okay. All right. All right. Well, main, I'll have him on to one, rebut. <laughs> I don't know if y'all know him, but the main one's this guy named Steve McJones. You know him? I don't no, know him. That doesn't sound which, like a real which person. Honestly are you sure is, that's is, a real person? <laughs> see, yeah, that's why I'm pretty sure that you are correct. He must be a CIA operative. Mm-hmm. And then... um. This one's like a Hail Mary, but we came up with it last night. Peggy O'Leary might be CIA. Peggy O'Leary is absolutely oh. CIA. She might be CIA. Because she, she, we accused her, and then she was like, the CIA doesn't spy on American, on like home soil. And I was like, only the CIA would say that. <laughs> yeah. That, why no would American that be true? That. There's no way. Why would that be true? The CIA has to be the reason that that rumor gets out there. Be like, no, of course we're not looking. <laughs> I think you're onto something. Man. So what what makes you think that someone is involved in the CIA? There's a well. All right. Well, at first, there's been a lot of things that happened since we accused. Okay, me and Naeem Ali accused Steve McJones of being being a freaking double agent, <laughs> and uh, since then, a couple couple of suspicious things have happened that are CIA ish. But. I don't know, he just kind of had the vibe of CIA. They took out the leaders of the Philly comedy scene and inserted their own people. <laughs> it's possible, man. Philly Cause, coup. Because uh, we accused him, and like we, he was like three feet away from us while we were like, yo, Steve's CIA, like, what the fuck is this about? And um, he, he just ignored us for like 10 minutes of accusing him of being a CIA, which I feel like most people would be like, what are you talking about? You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah you got at least acknowledge it. If you're not CIA, you're, you're going with yeah. it. So I was kind of like, oh, this is a tactic to ignore us. And then and then we finally get him to like answer. And he was like, I can't prove that I'm not in the CIA. You know, that's all. It. I mean, by, <laughs> Anybody, isn't it the by, easiest by that logic, Ben, are you in the CIA? <laughs> I mean, that's why you are new to the thing. You're from an area very close to yeah. where the CIA is based. You're, you're, you're from a military town. <laughs> you, you came up here in December when nothing is, was happening. And all of a sudden, is... everything opened up. And here's Ben. Yeah. Did this not like... get brought up last night? Did no one throw that back at you? No, it gets thrown back at me, but I feel like that's a, a that's a tactic. I think my life is very clearly <laughs> it's easy to prove that I'm not in CIA. <laughs> because you look like a child, which is exactly why they'd hire you. <laughs> uh, that's true. Yeah, the 21 Jump Street CIA version. <laughs> uh, uh, no, that's that's valid. There's a couple people. I see. I would argue that the folks that are in the cia are the ones that are desperately attempting to get stage time because it's it's the um it's the bad akashas of the world it's the it's the you it's, think what, he's cia name? what's what's the guy's name that that also had a whole internet thing there's been a couple of them uh dick, dick something Oh, Ron Dickles? Ron Dickles. Ron Dickles is in the CIA. I've never met that man, but that's why I believe that he might be in See, the CIA. I don't, I don't follow that logic, though, because the people who are getting themselves kicked out and banned from rooms, like that can't be a CIA tactic. They, they need to be there to be able to do their job, so it can't be mm, them. Okay. I feel like me and George are actually dressed undercover CIA right now. Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> this is the look of fucking, what's his name, uh, Dotson from Jurassic Park. I told you not to use my name. Yeah, I was gonna say Johnny Depp and blow. He goes to Miami and all of a sudden he looks like this. No, he's not an agent. <laughs> not at all. No, 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 no. Dotson, we got Dotson here. No one cares. Y'all think it's stupid to read the Jurassic Park book? No, it's good. It's a good book. 
I got, yeah, I read that one. And then I got made fun of because it's just like thinking about dinosaurs for like 15 hours, I guess, or something. No, yeah. I, that, I will say wow, that the first about reading fast. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did an audio book. That's, oh, that's, <laughs> that's how I did all the Harry Potters or left the, like the fifth one. Cause my mom was a teacher when those books were coming out. So she had like access to scholastic like book deals and stuff. So she just bought the, these box set cassette things of, of the audio audio version. Uh, and to this day, I don't think I've ever read a Harry Potter book. I've just listened on cassette. <laughs> how many books have you read, like, read? As, a, as an adult since, since audiobooks were an option like an easy option. How many books have you actually read? Four. Wow. Yeah. I've read four books probably in the last 10 years. <laughs> I, I mean, I've read a lot of like reading texts, but on my phone, I, I, mm -hmm. I read a lot of books on my phone because the ADD part, I'm reading a small blip of, of a book at, at a time and like that works for me. But mm -hmm. reading an actual book, I think I've read one actual like physical holding a book in my hands book. Was it the Bible? It was my Bible. Not to think of what book it was, but Wait, it wasn't. What, what is Dan Getz's Bible? <laughs> if, if if on a winter's night a traveler, that's that'll be my Bible. <laughs> that's what I'm currently. It's it comes with me everywhere. It's in my backpack, but only because I'm not actively picking yeah. it up and reading what it. What <laughs> so are like the books never behind going me? Out. Oh, I don't know. They're behind you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm. I got. Wow, I'm kind of pretentious. The books behind me are Catcher in the Rye, which is my favorite book. You dork. Yeah, I know. Um, the uh, the Cliff Cliff Nesterhoff, like the book about comedians called The Comedians. Oh yes. Which, oh, is that the history? Yeah, it like I it starts off that. with like Bob Hope and blackface, and I'm like, this is gonna be a great book. <laughs> this is the only book that was within arm's reach. Albert Camus, The Rebel. <laughs> See, I don't even know what that is. Um, <laughs> it won the Nobel Prize for Literature. Camus is great. He's a he's a uh, philosopher and also sometimes a fiction writer. <laughs> I have How to be Not How to Be a uh, How to Be an Anti Racist by Ibram X Kendi. I have the Stevie Nicks biography because <laughs> oh. of my wife. Uh, or fiance. Play the noise. This is the earliest time we've ever played the fiance noise. It's funny uh, because we've already had one drop that you missed. I caught yeah. it though. Don't worry. Thank you. I saw <laughs> that. And then Vonnegut, because I like Vonnegut. But yeah, like that's the. Oh, what Vonnegut book? It's like a compilation. It's is it novels the Monkey House and one? stories. Sixty-three to seventy-three. One? Cat's Cradle. God bless you, Mister Rosewater. Slaughterhouse Five. Breakfast of Champions, which is great, and then just assorted stories. Yeah, I. I start a lot of Vonnegut books. I never finish them because I can't finish a book, but he's pretty yeah, good. Same. I've been, I've been, I've been trying to finish. Um, it's called shock value for about three years. And it's just about the history of horror movies, um, which is really interesting. It's just like how George A. Romero gets $300,000 to do night of the living dead and then forgets to put the trademark in the corner of the logo. So he lost millions of dollars. Oh, wow. <laughs> Well, just people could play it because it technically was public access for years and years and years up until I think the 90s. Was it like available to be played at drive in movie theaters for nothing? Wow. Yeah. But he probably also made millions and millions and millions of more dollars because of that. Yeah. If he lost money on that movie, but also he's a legend now. True. Right? True, true, true. But yeah, no, like the first like the movie that you'd want to present and be like, look, this is my masterpiece. They're like, oh, yeah. How much money has it? Has it had about fifteen dollars since yeah. its release? Yeah. Did um, you uh, buy it for me right now? That's the only way I'll make money. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we were talking paranoid. Uh, yeah, no breakfast. Like, I feel like a lot of Vonnegut stuff leads to paranoia. Like breakfast champions, pretty, pretty paranoid kind of thing. There's like a, a base level paranoia in everything he writes, but it's also like cynical and fun that mm -hmm. you kind of forget that you should be creeped out by the allegories that he's making. On our uh, wheel, do we have pranoia? Because I learned about this word in college and I thought it was very, very interesting. I have yeah, no I like idea that what that one yeah. is. Pranoia <laughs> is the is like the opposite of paranoia where everyone's out to help you. <laughs> that's what i have <laughs> <laughs> that just like it's you like, constantly bumbling into good situations and then just someone's gotta be responsible <laughs> yeah it's like um it's like paranoia that it's like the same kind of feeling like if you think a surprise party is gonna happen mm. like you think uh, you're about to walk yeah 
I'm paranoid. Yeah. <laughs> is, that, is, that the, is that the version? <laughs> I think it's gotta be. I've never heard it used like that, but that's gotta be it. That's what um y'all seen Futurama with the episode with Leela's parents. Yeah, where they're yeah. just yeah. constantly yeah. helping her. Yeah. They're constantly helping her. Yeah. I love that show so much. Yeah, that's so beautiful. I'm, I'm happy it's coming back. <laughs> yeah. And that like what's his name? They're like, I think they were holding out for a little bit more money. Um, what's his name? John DiMaggio. Yeah. Uh, which rightly so. He's the voice of Bender. He needs to do the voice. Like, give him sure. money. <laughs> yeah, I I love that like uh, negotiation where they were like, "Yeah, we can't pay you that much," and then he was like, "They're doing the show without me." And then they're like, "Well, I guess we have to pay you this yep. much." <laughs> so quick, so quick. I mean, it's like this story. I think we've talked about it on the show a little bit before, but like the story of the guys from um, Seinfeld holding out for like a million an episode, or like each of them, like the all four of yeah. them were holding out for a million an episode. Uh, and what's the name? Jason Alexander was like out in LA and a little Hispanic woman walked up to him and went, are you telling me that you want a million dollars an episode? They went, yeah, I think that's what's fair. And she just like looks at him and goes, that's good, boo boo. You get your money, boo boo. (laughs) (laughs) It was like the people were on board. So why not? It was just, it was just the network was like, that seems expensive. Um, Yeah, man. Paranoia is interesting, especially in in a comedy sense. Like, I feel like someone in a manic state of paranoia has got to be a little bit funny. Yeah. Yeah, no, I get I get weird paranoia. Uh, I don't think it's like crippling in my life, but it'll like I've like went to turn my car on and then I'm like, wait, what if it's been fucking <laughs> oh i yeah i turn the key and it explodes yeah you know i mean how to figure this out i mean but there's yeah. been a couple days where i'm like please just let it explode but <laughs> yeah i definitely had those times where i'm like wait the door opened did i unlock the door was someone else mm. in my car like yeah yeah i have a lot of paranoia of like what if like everyone in the world thinks i'm like really really stupid and are treating me like oh I'm- i've had that i used to have that a lot like yeah. around 2021, I would just be like, man, everyone's just being nice to me and I am actually yeah. the worst. Yeah. <laughs> or they're just being nice to me because you're, you know, like you're nice to a stupid person. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. you're, bless your heart. The bless your heart disorder. And then oh, that shit. person doesn't, that person thinks that you're just being nice to them. <laughs> it's a vicious you know I mean? cycle. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Like, I, I feel like, especially in comedy, there's a lot of that coming up when you um are fairly new and when you're new and you have the wherewithal to write the joke i was just talking about this the other day where tons of people especially in philly comedy uh like doing doing helium's philly's funniest that they're the office funny person or they're the funny friend and they're like well i can do stand-up so i'm gonna get 15 of my friends to come out and they're all gonna vote me number one because this way at least i have a built-in audience for it and they tell a funny story. They tell like the time that Greg got, uh, you know, his head stuck in a cooler or something like just something silly that happened. Fucking Greg. Fucking Greg, man. Uh, actually, Greg, the other winner from from our night. Holy crap. Did he <laughs> yeah. blow it out of the fucking water? Uh, <laughs> just um, but like they tell a silly story. Uh, and, you know, they're, they're sure they're funny around their friends, but they didn't craft a joke. They just regurgitated a story. And there's a lot of people that try to do stand up and they get bit hard because like they get up at Raven and it's three o'clock in the morning and they're pissed. They're going on at three o'clock in the morning and then they don't get laughs that they like it worked in the office. And then we never see him again. And there's a lot of people that sign up for that. When a comic comes in and they go on at three o'clock in the morning and they have a setup punch or at least they have thought out of a set you get so much more respect. And if you're a comic going in saying like, oh man, like, yeah, I'm just working something out. And I thought that's what you were supposed to do was to write a joke. Uh, And then everyone's like, hey man, you're great. Thanks so much for doing that. Even if you didn't get a laugh, you're like, well, why are you being nice to me? Like what's happening here? Oh, because you can see that someone's just trying. Yeah, like I, I feel yeah. like watching the people try to get up there and do jokes and do the damn thing instead of the folks that are like, I'm the funny friend. This will definitely work. I'm a little drunk. Uh, let's go for it. 
You well, lost the, me so many times in what you just tried to convey. <laughs> I can you shorten got, it. You, you got to the end and I was like, oh, you're being nice to people for trying. But like all that up and down. And I was like, what, what, Dan, what happened to Greg's head in the cooler? <laughs> Dan, Dan, I'm a storyteller. Uh, <laughs> Is Greg I okay? <laughs> that like, I, I know I was paranoid because I went in attempting to do a joke, a setup punch joke. And then when people were like, Hey, you're going up a little earlier next time. Cause I want to see what you can do. It was like, well, why, why do you feel bad for me? Why, where is, where is this coming from? Why is this no, happening? I get that. When people are nice to me, I'm like, what's your fucking goal right now? What yeah. Are you to, yeah. What, are you what is, have? what is the next step? Um, yeah, man, it's, it's a weird comedy is a weird world, weird world. <laughs> Uh, and it also leads, I think, a lot of people to that paranoid feeling for sure. It's I was uh, it's funny because I get paranoid over like really stupid things like that. And then like last night I was talking to everybody, and like I sleep in my car on break at work in West Philly, and they were like, "You're gonna get murdered so fast." Stop doing that. And I'm like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that'll be totally fine. Yeah, no, there is there is the wrong response to shit. Uh, like you know, you could be in a life threatening situation, be like, no, no, it's cool, I'll be fine. And then there's something small where it's the fucking worst situation in the world. I yes. know who had it. I think it was Chris Gethard had the whole joke where he's like, yeah, I can get up on stage and do stand up and whatever, that's fine. But like, if my wife leaves the cabinet door open in the kitchen, I can't be for sh like, I can't know for sure that something terrible might not happen if I don't go out and close that door. Oh yeah, yeah you know, yeah. like it's it's more of an OCD tick type situation but it is like there are certain things i can control and if i can control them i will <laughs> and like that's the paranoia where it's yeah if like i can't make the promise that if this door stays open that something bad might not happen next tuesday i get paranoid over um like if someone puts a curse on me or says they did <laughs> <laughs> Even Do you get approached by witches often? Yeah, does this happen a lot? <laughs> yeah, I got it. I got it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Are you currently I, under a curse? Is there an ongoing one? And right you now? can name names. If it's a Philly comedian, please name who cursed you. <laughs> no, I can't name this name. <laughs> Speaking of curses, I did put at Philly's funniest. So in the green room, there's this guy. And he, I think he was trying to get in my head or something. Cause he, I was like, you talked about this outside the mic. Yeah. To tell this story. Yeah. Oh, did I, this one yeah. is so funny to me. Cause it, cause okay, I'm in the green room with the guy. And then uh, I was confused about something. And then he was like, plus 2.5 or minus 2.5. How many learning disabilities do you have? And I was like, all right, why would you, I don't even know you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's not, I feel like that's a friend comment. That's not like a, you never met someone comment yeah that's and also that, not the scale of learning disabilities honestly not, what confused wait. me is the decimal points yeah <laughs> well, like, I, I understand gambling lines and that kind of thing but like you want over or under what is a whole learning disability <laughs> yeah i guess what's a minus learning disability yeah like <laughs> i didn't even really think about that <laughs> maybe because I, I have a learning disability to me that makes sense <laughs> <laughs> I can't process numbers. Is that one? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but anyways, afterwards he was walking by and then I was pissed at him. So I was like, yeah, by the way, cause it was after he did not advance. You know what I mean? So <laughs> not to be a bad person, but you know, you got to relish. Oh, exactly. Yeah, I was mad at that guy. And, uh, <laughs> Plus or minus two and a half. How many people moved on and not you? <laughs> yeah. And so then I was like, by the way, I got three learning disabilities. And he was like, yeah, I'm sorry. I should have said that. And I was like, yeah, I put a curse on you. <laughs> I have nuked so, your ass. So did you not want to name names because you're the one doing it? Yeah, you're the yeah. one going around cursing. So we're not worried about CIA agents. We're worried about witches and warlocks. In the yeah, we, we got our own uh, Doctor Strange shit going on here. <laughs> yeah. You got to watch out. Man. There's people that are. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> As, I, I don't know if you could see it on camera, but this weird fucking bone thing. This is from my sister. This is mm -hmm. just a, a mobile of vertebra that my yeah. sister makes. Yeah. She's fucking I'm, I'm sure like this is imbued in some sort of supernatural power. Uh, and that's so, why I leave it there. It's like why. So in our house, we have horseshoes above every doorway. I'm not taking those down. I don't care if we have to paint. We'll like frame around it and then like paint around <laughs> the frame or something. I'm not touching anything that's got hoodoo. Yeah. In it, you know? Yeah. Like if a black cat rocks across me, I'm like, you fucking bastard. 
I get mad. Why would you do you this? son of a bitch? <laughs> <laughs> I totally get that. I think performers are inherently superstitious. I think you kind of have to be. There's too much going on for generations to like not say Macbeth on stage and not, you know. Yeah. Ooh, I didn't even really, I don't really know about the Macbeth one. I've never. You're not allowed to say theater, it when right? you're doing it. Yeah. yeah. In, in theater, you're not allowed to say it when you're doing it or else most of the time, you know. There's stories of the little rubber tip of the sword during the duel popping off and a man just gets run through on stage. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's it's but like I, I don't know why performers lean heavy into superstition, but I'm sure there's there's people that not. But I, I like to live in the world where there is because it's more fun world to live in. Yeah, it's kind yeah. of believing in magic. But I mean, my thing is, like, I don't think it's real. But what if? Exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a more fun world because like, if it affects nothing, then it affects nothing, and you just had fun. Like it's a more interesting world to be like, yeah, if I do this, then only good things are going to come to me. And who knows? Maybe, maybe not. But like, it's way more fun to believe that. I also love the whimsy of performers too, which is a hysterical word. Um, have we ever done whimsical? Has anyone landed on whimsical? Honestly, I don't know. I can look that up. That's probably in there somewhere. But like, I remember a comedian would leave little envelopes around open mics that just had nice things written on them. Like, it wasn't anything. It wasn't. It was almost like a fortune cookie, but not really. But there'd just be these envelopes and you'd pick them up and it open it and say, like, the best cheesesteaks are at gas stations. <laughs> and it was just like, yeah, that's a valid point. And I remember picking it up in front of this person and them pretending like they didn't put it there. <laughs> See, now that would fuck me up, dude. Yeah, there was this, there was a comic for a little bit that would just leave night, like he would put good into the universe. That would be Pronoid. Pronoid, which is my <laughs> new favorite band. Uh, do you guys want to start a band called Pronoid? Because I will, I will be in that band. Yeah, let's let's take a break and go start Pronoid. We're uh, welcome to Pronoid, and these are our ads. If Elvis and Buddy Holly are the Cain and Abel of rock and roll, Bruce Springsteen and Zachariah, Iggy Pop is Methuselah. Of course, Neil Young is the wise prophet Ezekiel. What does that make? Get in the garage. Well, I think that makes Get in the Garage the one-stop shop for all know-how, history, countdowns, disagreements, agreements, and pretty much everything that you want you, you want to hear about music. Get in the Garage. Get in the Garage. A music program from the Wasted Robot Network. I was just learning to love. Hey everybody, Danny here with Plugs. You can find Ben performing on the All Pro Showcase at Punchline on the 8th of June. Go check that out if you're available. You can see George performing the second round of Philly's Funniest on August 10th. My show at Newtown Brewing Company is back this week on Thursday, June 2nd. It's going to be Mary Radzinski, Brandon Mitchell, Jake Matera, and Meg Getz. It's going to be a great show. It's totally free. So if you're in the area, it starts at 7.30. Come on out. In the meantime, take a second, if you could, to rate, share, review, five-star, whatever the thing is on the app you're using. Take a second and do that for us. That would be really appreciated. does a lot for us. Any other information you want about Wasted robot or the other shows or the albums you can find at wastedrobotrecords.com that's it for the week back to the show and we're back welcome back to the show i don't know why i did that i'm so sorry i'm just i feel like i just play with guitar picks most of the time uh welcome back we're talking paranoid dan you want me to go first you want me to go first yeah i'll go first because it kind of ties in to what we were just talking about a little bit we're like i i'm not a very superstitious person in like the things that i'll act on and yet you're dating meg yeah <laughs> all, all my superstition goes here that's a, no. um it's it's a weird thing where like my my superstition and like my paranoia is like it's like I, I don't do the routine stuff. Like I, I try to kind of vary stuff up. So like 
I'm more actively thinking about like the process. But then I get paranoid that if I'm not doing the same thing every time, is that what's messing me up? Mm. So like if if I like created a routine and stuck to it, would I be better at like all these aspects of my life? But I'm actively trying not to, and I'm paranoid that pushing against creating routines is stopping me from like proceeding. Interesting. Uh, that reminds me a lot of the episode of Malcolm in the Middle, where they both take the kids bowling, and it's like a split screen between what Hal's experience would have been or what Lois's experience would have been. Um, Hal had the routine. Hal had the routine. Mm-hmm. He would he would bowl, and if someone sneezed and it still worked, he would have to do the fake sneeze every time. Yeah, and and it worked for Hal. But I wonder, yeah, like if it would have broken, or if he was just a good bowler and he needed that routine. It's like I I get so in my head with like, like if I if I have a really good set, I'll try to like recreate the lead up as much as possible. Mm-hmm. But then I'm also like super aware that that's what I'm doing, and I know that that thought wasn't part of doing it the first time so like i derail everything instead of just like buying into the routine Mm, yeah i think about thinking too much i think i think that's that's where my paranoia (laughs) comes is that like that's a classic thing though it's like i i have the thought and then instead of just like acting on the thought of like oh you listened to this song right before you went up just listen to that song again it worked Mm -hmm. i and then thinking about like well, why would you do that? You're, you don't need this. And then instead, instead of doing the thing, I spend way more time worrying that like I'm giving myself crutches to do the thing that I should be able to do without them. Yeah, I like to I like to make you got to pretend like whatever you're wearing is your lucky outfit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I imbue like I'll go into my underwear drawer and be like, well, it's obviously this is the pair I need to wear today. This is it's, the, yep. it's the one on top. Like it's I'm I'm putting the power into it and I'm aware that I'm doing that. Like even as I'm putting them on, I'm like, this is ridiculous. But there's something to that. And maybe that goes back to the curses thing where like you are you are charming this thing with your brain into existence to be like, this is what's going to help. Wearing yeah. this Hawaiian shirt will help. Uh it's, See, like it's, I, I have a bunch of like outfits that I love to wear on stage, but I cannot convince myself to only wear those outfits on stage. And like I have jokes about some of them, but I don't put on the shirt so I could go tell the joke. So like if I if I, if it happens to time out right and the shirt's clean, I'll wear it and then I'll mm-hmm. tell the jokes about it. But like. The whole time I'm going through the setup and like picking out what I want to wear and all that stuff, I'm like, why don't I just put on the shirt? Yeah, I I I used to have a joke about a Carhartt jacket that I'd wear all the time, and I would be in my set because I'd wear that jacket every time. And then all of a sudden, this is early on when I was doing stand up. Like all of a sudden, it got warmer. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> like, yeah. like there's no way I can wear that at all. I did discover. Uh, after looking back at my tape, because we talked about it a little bit on the show, but I had never seen myself do stand up. I've always recorded myself just to learn jokes here and there, but I'd never looked at myself performing. I got these gross little rat hands, man. <laughs> my arms go up like here. We talked about it on the show, but like the microphone is here. And then right around where my chest is, my hand just sort of hangs out like Mr. Burns. I it's, it's I don't know what to do with it. <laughs> yeah, my hands will just do shit. It's it, yeah, it, it's it's in no way am I voluntarily doing it. It's just something about it. And then I, I sh- like I sent a clip out to one of my friends that lives in Connecticut and, you know, he's not around in the scene. He's never do some see me do stand up. So I was like, hey, man, look, I have a tape. And he's like, why you still do that hand thing? And I was asking him about it. <laughs> <Still>. Apparently, <laughs> I used to do it in high school. I used to do it in middle school. I, I was the mascot for a pep rally once and they knew it was me in the mascot outfit because of my little fucking weasel arms that I have. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I got these weird little rat hands, man. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely glad that I started watching myself like in the video because there's there's so much we're like I, I used to be very fidgety and I would play with the mic stand and I would just kind of 
put my hands in my jacket and like all that kind of stuff. And like now I'm very aware of it and I don't do those things anymore. Mm. But like I still watch the tape and I'm like, oh, well, I I, I just look like this. <laughs> that's that's me up there. So like I can't change the me of it. <laughs> so yeah. Like, I'm paranoid that people are are put off by watching me by me yeah yeah like I, I i listen to the jokes and i like my jokes but then i watch me tell them and i'm like well i guess that's probably why no one else wants this <laughs> <laughs> yeah man yeah. i get that i just let my hands do whatever that's confidence they can just go that's such confidence <laughs> yeah yeah well, I mean, you must be funny <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 funny to see what some comedians find just like the worst part about them versus what like like just with anybody like i got these little weird red hands there's like a tick of just like yeah no i don't care what happens to my hands and that's all i've been thinking about since tuesday it was like <laughs> damn i got these gnarly little red hands that sucks <laughs> yeah but then there's another thing they'd be like oh i'm paranoid you know i'm paranoid that uh that uh you know like uh oh everyone's just being nice because i'm i'm the dumb one you know it's it's in that same thing where it's like you find out what makes you paranoid and where that takes you um it's also hysterical to watch people how they hold mics like just the difference of it um ben you were just showing like where you like do you is it straightforward head on no i mean like what's i mean i back in the day like my arms would just go up you know what I mean? Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Well, that's defensive. Yeah. That's like a defensive thing to be like, nope, I'm, I'm a wall. I can't do this. We were talking to Sean Nelms a couple episodes ago, and he was talking about one of his old tapes where he used to hold the microphone with two hands and just hold on for dear life. You could that. watch. Yeah, you could watch him just like his whole body would shake as he's talking into the microphone. <laughs> no, I do that live. I still do that. <laughs> I, I also used to keep the mic in the stand, and then I saw a picture where like, my feet were kind of like pigeon toed inward on top and like, like resting on top of the bottom of the stand. And like, I was like, you know what I mean? Like I was trying oh, get, to get real small. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, I got to just stop doing this. I will always love Teddy Hansen's mic holding ability. Ben, do you know, do you know that person, Teddy Hansen? I've never seen him do stand up. I only seen him do display his artwork. Yeah. So he, would always balance the weight of the mic stand on his foot and lean it forward and like talk into it. And then with his other hand, he would just scratch his stomach and then (laughs) use it to present. Like he was like scratching skin off and then presenting it to the crowd and scratching skin and just presenting it to the crowd. And it was just, you could watch him do it and he would walk around the stage with it balanced on his foot, just back and forth. And it was just so interesting to watch. Like, they, they talk about the minutia of like mic holding and how to hold the mic and like what's what does this convey? I've heard people psychoanalyze it all the time. That was one of the weirdest things. And it was so interesting to watch him do stand up. He's like, yeah, so I grew up in a cult and he just scratch his stomach and like throw it to the crowd, throw it to the crowd. Yeah, so much fun. It's weird to like notice that stuff, but it's, it is it is fun to like lock into it and see what. Yeah, what I haven't got into it to mic holding psychology yet. You gotta. (laughs) You just, you just gotta do it. It's it's the most important part. (laughs) My my only strategy is to make sure I'm holding it where it hears me. That's it. (laughs) I wish every every club had a grip change mic stand instead of like the spin one, pull it up and spin it then to like tighten it. If they had just the clutch ones that you just clip it and move it up and down everyone's life would be so much easier it's you can really i i, I think like so spin one. Spin I, I, a classic it's a classic but i always forget can... to do it so it's maybe oh, that's my new thing i just bring my own mic stand i was thinking <laughs> about bringing my own windscreen onto it just because of germs but didn't didn't go through with that um it's uh yeah i just i like I, I realized it at the end of that of that set where i put the microphone back in to do my last joke and it was about three feet too short for me <laughs> yeah did you was your set was your audio quiet your um set? on the tape my yeah. audio was good the crowd noise was quiet or they just weren't laughing i'm not sure no it's the crowd me and um me and Annie brown both talked about it like the my, the audience wasn't mic, so the guy will send you like the camera audio, but 
he hasn't sent me the camera audio yet, but I might have to re-email him. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I made the mistake. I posted one of the clips to Facebook or to Instagram and there's when you upload a video, maybe it's TikTok. I forget which one. Um, but in it, they automatically do noise reduction. Really? Oh, so uh, yeah. it, it cancels out the crowd. It canceled out every laugh. <laughs> it was hysterical to listen back to because it was up for about 20 minutes. And then I listened back to it and I was like, where, where'd the laughs go? <laughs> like, I, I A-B'd them just to make sure like, no, no, I, I got a laugh there. <laughs> Yeah, I yeah. advanced, right? <laughs> yeah. No, there was this utter silence. It clips out all the crowd noise. So it's in whatever frequency that is. So it's definitely a higher vocal frequency versus crowd noise. Um, and maybe they, he just mixed that on purpose. But yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah. My my noise, my it made me look like I was doing terrible. And that's what I was going to send to my family to prove that I could do stand up. to Because <laughs> <laughs> they still think I'm terrible. Damn. <laughs> Uh, yeah. when, when good, good was still around, I, I had my mom do the show. Your mom is funny. And that's what my family loves to watch. And like, I wrote her that set. So like, <laughs> can you please acknowledge that I'm good at stand up? And like, no, George, you're terrible. But Cindy, she's so good at stand up. <laughs> yeah. Um, See, that's the difference tip. between wanting to do it yourself and just doing it once. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're harder. <laughs> so All George, right. what makes you paranoid? Yeah, so much. Um, I am constantly, I mean, what definitely broke loose of my paranoia was stand up Cause I think we've talked about it a little bit of like finding your people and finding those people with the same neurosis as you. And then finding that community helps you break that. But leading up to it, you had, I had all the same things of like, are you being nice to me? Is this, is this t-shirt going to make me successful or, or not successful is, is going up a late you know, uh, a badge of honor or are they fucking with me? Like you, you go through the cycle of paranoia within comedy and it carried over in my music life where, you know, is this, if, would this song be better if it was mixed just a different amount more? Like if the, if is, if I make the bass higher, is this a hit? You know, like there's always this, you get caught up in the small things of it and then become paranoid that you're not doing enough. I think maybe that's it is like, I get very paranoid in knowing if I'm doing enough. I definitely have that. I mean, aside from stand up, just like other creative aspects where like that, that feeling of like knowing you finished, but like, is it actually finished? Is there like one more thing I could do that would actually make this like really good? And mm -hmm. like, if I can't answer the question, then I'm done with it. But like, if I can spot something, I can never let it go. Even if I've like sent it off and it's done and I, I've fulfilled the obligation. And even if the people are happy with it, I still feel like, well, I know what that one more thing is. And mm -hmm. I, I can't look at it without thinking about that. Yeah, there's been a couple of things where like listening back to songs or something. I did it with Damn It recently where I was like, I probably should have just done the whole song instead of cutting it in half. Uh, but yeah, it's there's always I think I rushed into it and then went, oh, man, I could have done more. And that's such a shitty thing, you know? Well, everyone should go listen to it on Blanket and Covers. Yes. <laughs> uh, ben, for those, I, I do a fake ska band as a bit. It's um, a real ska band, it's, but it's I tried too band. hard at it. It's really so now it's a real, a real thing. It's a real thing. Uh, and Dan's other I'm show, blanket. Big fish. Yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah. I do a genuinely a real big fish band. Um, and uh, Dan's other show, blanket and covers, was covering every cover of Damn It. And there's very few ska ones. And he was like, "You should do your own." And then I sent it in after the fact. And Dan was like, "God damn it, it's very good." <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it's a it's a pretty pretty good version. <sighs> you, it's only you. It's just me. Band. Yeah. So you play trumpet and I use uh, uh, a fake trumpet. trumpet. I program them in. Uh, okay. um, I can play brass instruments, uh, but I just haven't since high school. So I yeah. don't. I don't have the funds. Those things are expensive, man. You can get like a plastic yeah. one, but yeah. they're not. Like they don't sound like a trumpet. Amazon sells like like poly tune instruments where they're like a plastic trombone and a plastic trumpet. Yeah, um, I came across one of those on just like a rummage sale and it 
it's so hard to make like actually dynamic music on them mm -hmm. there's not a lot of variation available uh i did when we moved into this house there was a saxophone inside the house so i may have to learn how to do that just to fulfill my ska dreams <laughs> i used to do saxophone yeah i hear it's yeah. fairly simple and that's not a slight on you that's like i've just heard that like yeah, it's one of the interest like a buddy of mine who used to be a music teacher was like yeah we just the kids that wanted to be involved we'd let them do saxophone because it's fairly simple <laughs> to figure out that's annoying no it's, it's, it's no hard. offense <laughs> it's hard to make it sound good but it's easy to play gotcha you know what i mean yeah, I don't need to make it sound like that's why I love Viagra boys. I don't know if you ever listened to them before, but they just have a saxophone player that squonks like his whole job is to squonk in the background. They're like, yep, that's good. Keep yeah. it. Print it. Yeah. Um, right on. Should we talk about what the people say? Sure. What do we got, Dan? Let's see. When someone who I rarely talk to on the phone decides to call me instead of texting me. Oh, yeah. That someone's dead. Yeah, there, there's no way that's good news. Nope. That's why I don't talk on phones. Dan, I don't think we've ever spoken on the telephone. It's unlikely. Yeah. and But then Sean Nelms will call me about like setting up another web series or something this summer. And I'm like, just text. This is a text. This could be yeah, an email. I don't like talking on phones and I work in customer service. So that's difficult to like warrant that every time <laughs> yeah. the phone rings, I'm like, please let it be for someone else. <laughs> it's definitely socially unacceptable to call people, but I don't, I don't mind phone calls for real. Yeah. I'm, I'm generally okay with it. I have a handful of people who I do talk to regularly on the phone, but I, I think I agree with the, the comment that like, if it's somebody who I have a regular text relationship with and they're calling me, I'm like, something big is happening. Like yeah. there's, there's no way this is nothing. And like, that's what I get. I get very I got, concerned. I go to darkness first. Yeah. I got super concerned a while ago and actually it became a beautiful thing. And I hope he doesn't mind me mentioning this, but we had Luke on the show from get in the garage, another show on the network. And, uh, he was my childhood best friend. He was like, he played in drums in all my bands and everything, but he has this great music podcast. And we were like, Hey, like, I, I think it'd be really fun if you had you on the network. And we were just chit chatting a little bit and I'd never call him. And he knows how much I hate calling the phones. And we had him on the show and I had mentioned separately when he wasn't here that, you know, he was like my biggest bully. Like he's your best friend that teases <laughs> yeah. you all the time. And Luke's like five foot nothing. Um, so it was funny to see like the six foot two kid in high school being picked on by like this rambunctious ball of energy. Uh, and he called me up and he was like, hey, man, I just wanted to apologize for the way I acted in high school. I was like, you're my best friend. What are you talking about? This is a normal behavior. And he's like, no, you deserve an apology. And it was this really beautiful, wholesome moment. But as soon as he called, I was like, oh, my God, he's going to yell at me. Something's wrong. Something's terrible. Something terrible has happened. This <laughs> How dare you out me to the world as a monster? <laughs> yeah. No, it's just I was it was so it was so interesting that like my immediate thought was not, oh, this will be a healing conversation. My immediate thought is he mad. <laughs> uh, what else? Um, let's see. I, I'm I'm assuming there's a lot of story behind this one that I just don't have, but <laughs> hearing that my dad left Florida. Yeah, that's a loaded one. What does that, that mean? Did he leave? Where is he going? That, that he, feels is he like, allowed to cross state lines? I think is yeah. a more important question after that. He, he left Florida and he's coming for me. Like, uh, wait, that's what's the prompt of the question is what makes you paranoid? Yeah. yeah. And it's hearing that my dad left, left Florida. Florida? Yeah. That, <laughs> Yeah, I, I honestly think there's like, she might be in danger, is what she's saying. <laughs> like, we, we might want to keep our eye out. <laughs> Everyone look out for that person. You can find who these, uh, we, we've decided not to name people on the name, on the fun portion of asking the internet, but just go to Dan's profile, see who wrote that, check up on them. Yeah, make sure everything's okay. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I feel yeah. like anybody leaving Florida is a threat. It is. Yeah, right. I swear who, to God, I'll leave out? Florida. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't make me leave Florida. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, 
I, I think this is a gift from I know what you did last summer. A, a cloaked figure pulling out a hook. Yep. I. A what? I, it's it's a like a cloaked figure, all all black, pulling out like a a hook, like a meat hook. That was like the weapon of choice so in I that think, movie. I think that's from that movie, right? Yeah. It was, I, I have I, no it, idea. They like ripped it off of like the famous ghost story of like the hook hanging off the rear view min- window or like the side view min- window. Yeah. What would you guys think if you found that? Would, would you even be worried? I, because I'm aware of the story, I'd be like, this is crazy funny. <laughs> like, yeah, people really do this. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's fun because like. And is kind of less scary than a normal person. Oh, yeah. It's it's yeah. the that that aspect of like you're I could just leave. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, you're you're coming at me with a hook. I'm gone. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Well, what was the clip where like I, I think that comes from un- unfortunately a a old trope of that the disabled are dangerous and scary. <laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> so a man with a That's hook for a hand <laughs> is like yeah like oh man do you need help. Come on, <laughs> let's get you somewhere where you need to be. That's like nowadays. So I think that's what would happen if a man approached with a hook hand. It'd be like, no, yeah. no, it's okay. You are loved. You are important. Let's get you somewhere. All right. You want coffee? Uh, now, I have not seen that movie. Is the premise of that movie that they <laughs> murdered somebody with a disability and then that person wasn't actually dead? I don't remember if they were disabled, but they accidentally hit someone with their car and killed them and then like disposed of the body. And then Sarah Michelle okay. Geller has to like deal with that <laughs> got it uh well, it, was, it was it was sarah michelle geller ryan felipe freddie prince jr and then a fourth one because there's always a fourth one that dies first i mean the star of that movie is uh jennifer love hewitt for sure oh the jennifer love hewitt that's the one <laughs> uh yeah who's in that movie i gotta watch this i love horror movies but yeah, the rest of them are uh, are joke ones. One one is a uh, gif of uh, Harvey Danger, Flagpole Sitta, the paranoid and paranoid. Everybody's coming to get me. That's, great song. That's that's in here. Great song. I uh, I did a mashup version of that with the Rappin' Rodney song. You sent me that, and you were I, like, I edited nothing. This lines up perfectly. <laughs> yeah, I, all I did was take the music out of one and put the vocals over top of the other. Yeah, I gen- didn't have to do. <laughs> genuinely, your whole time was like, this is my. Dark Side of the Moon lining up with Wizard of Oz. This yeah. is... <laughs> you talking about Ronnie Dangerfield rapping? Yeah. yeah. Ronnie rapping. Wait, what's it line up with? With uh, Flagpole Sitta by the Harvey Danger. So I, I made... Uh, Rodney Danger... Uh, Harvey Dangerfield? Harvey Dangerfield? Is that what I did? I forget what I called it. But yeah, yeah. it was it was something along those lines. And it, it's that, it worked. It's, it's this theme song to... You ever watch Peep Show? British show? Mm-hmm. Oh. It's a great show. Watch that show. It gives you a little seasickness because it's filmed POV. So it's oh, like, oh, right. It's that one. Whoever's talking, that's their view. So like the person just standing there saying nothing, that's the sight. You're it's very hard to watch at first, but it's one of the funniest British TV shows I've ever seen. There was um, a bar I used to go to in like my early 20s where every Thursday they would have martial arts movie night. And then when the martial arts movies ended, they would just show like a cycle of British sitcoms. So that's why I'm aware of that show. <laughs> that was a, a fun show. bar. But uh, the the last one we got was I get paranoid when the cardigans cover Black Sabbath. But even though they did not cover paranoid, I get the joke. Oh, you're talking about freaking Iron Man? Yeah, they, they did Iron Man and they covered the Sabbath. The cardigans Sabbath. did Iron Man? I am Iron Man. Yeah, so good. They oh, I've never yeah. heard this. Yeah, they, they did... Uh, Iron Man, Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath, and then there's a live changes that they did that's out there that's really, really good. Cool. I only, I only listen to the Cardigans one. I love the Cardigans. Cardigans, yeah, great. They, they rule. We, yeah. we did a we did a Black Sabbath episode of uh, the cover show, and they were on there a lot. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny that they're super into Black Sabbath. Yeah, uh, so this, Casey. The commenter doesn't like the cover. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think they they do just knowing them i think they were just trying to make a reference <laughs> which passes his jokes most of the time <laughs> they made an enemy <laughs> get him <laughs> i uh casey has always been very very interested in trying to cover love fool she but could do it then 
But then she's looked into other Cardigan songs and been like, they don't sound like this at all. <laughs> yeah, they're 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 great. They're a very underrated band, capable of so much more than people give them credit for. Yeah, well, they did the song for Romeo and Juliet, so true. That's my favorite part of Hot Fuzz, by the way. Oh, the we're at the very end of them doing of Romeo, Romeo and Juliet. And Juliet. <laughs> it turns out they're doing <laughs> like she shoots herself in the head and yells "bang," and then da 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 da. Love me, love me, say that yeah. you love me. So good. Anything else? What else? What else, people? That that was the last one. All right. So yeah, we are we are out of the people section, and that's it. We and we're we out did of the it. show. Ben, thank you so much for doing this. I'm looking forward to seeing you get get the gold this year. Uh, and I do mean that sincerely. You are an incredibly funny person, and I'm I'm so glad that there are funny people still in Philly comedy when I come back. <laughs> uh, thank you so much. Really uh, Dan, it. I'll see you later. Yeah, yeah bye. <laughs> <laughs> Feel Feelings is a Wasted Robot production. Editing done by Dan Getz. Music by George Bruderman. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Feel Feelings Pod, and even leave us a voice message at anchor.fm backslash feelfeelings. If you're ever feeling any heavy emotions and feel like there's nowhere to turn to, please don't hesitate to reach out to us or to any of the resources in the show notes. Thanks for listening. This has been a presentation from the Wasted Robot Network. For more information, and links to other shows please visit www.wastedrobotrecords.com slash podcasts. We're such a professional show! <laughs>